This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. DOE opens RFP for Exascale. Up to $1.8 billion for Coral 2. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening into a special episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with Top500.org. I'm Addison Snell. That's Michael Feldman. Michael, we're hitting it early this week in HPC because yesterday we had big news drop with an announcement from uh, Secretary Perry of the Department of Energy opening the RFP for Exascale Systems under the Coral 2 Initiative. Yeah, these are going to be two and possibly three exascale systems under this uh, program. And the, the money amount is huge. It's going to be up to $1.8 billion spread across these two or three systems. So probably the biggest uh, procurement program that the uh, DOE has ever attempted. And uh, it's just starting up, but it's going to start executing very quickly as these vendors start submitting their proposals. Right. This is currently anticipated funding. It is not guaranteed funding. And probably the biggest wild card here is whether it winds up being two systems or three under Coral 2. We already have under Coral 1 the retooled system going into Argon, the Aurora system, which we now still expect will be the first exascale system in the United States. Uh, which we anticipate being accepted in 2021. These systems under Coral 2 will be systems going to Oak Ridge uh, in 2021 and accepted in 2022, also into uh, Lawrence Livermore National Labs, potentially just behind that in the 2022, maybe into 2023 timeframe. And then if there's a third system, it would be an upgrade or a new system uh, going into Argonne, but it's not clear yet whether or not Argonne will fund another new system as part of this Coral 2 initiative. Yeah, that's sort of the wild card there. And a little bit confusing to me in that they've already got the the Aurora system uh, basically going in at, uh, like you said, it's going to be delivered uh, the first quarter of 2021 and probably accepted early in 2022 and it'll sort of match almost match the first Oak Ridge system but um, I'm not sure why the DOE has has given them the option of upgrading that system so quickly or building even a, a possibly a new system there but that's what they've done they want to get they want to get these systems out they want to uh, mainstream these things very quickly in the early part of the next decade and uh, they've allocated or they haven't allocated, but they've suggested the amount would be up to $1.8 billion. They expect each of these computers, supercomputers, to run between $400 million and $600 million. So uh, depending upon what Argon does, it, it's going to be uh, e- either close to $1 billion or well over $1 billion, or actually probably over $1 billion in either case, to get these two or three systems out there. Right. Now, this is actually under the DOE proper. This is not part of the ECP, the Exascale Computing Project. So this is actually separate from the fiscal year 2018 uh, money that was under ECP. That was $320 million. That money for the software, mostly the software ecosystem around Exascale is still there and is still part of ECP, uh, is distinct from this really a range of a billion to 1.8 billion figure. If it's two systems, it's it's probably a billion, 1.2 billion. A third system would push it up into the one and a half to 1.8 range. 
Right. Uh, and yeah, these are definitely the procurements. Like you said, the ECP uh, program is is basically for the technology and, and some of the software uh, platforms are going to elevate this, but that's not a procurement program. This is the procurement program, and uh, that's what this is about. Now, we should probably mention there's there's a small group of, of vendors that are probably going to respond to this. There's not that many. Obviously, it's going to be an American companies. Since this is uh, this is federal government, um, so I think we have basically the cast of characters that uh, are, are going to respond to this. And you sized that up in your article on top500.org, and I and I would say from my perspective, I think you've got that list right. First, we have to start with IBM is almost the incumbent here because they have the uh, the pre exascale systems, the Summit and Sierra. Right. Coral One systems at those national labs, Oak Ridge and Livermore. And I would, for me, I would be shocked if IBM couldn't uh, translate that into at least one of the two of them uh, has to be a follow on to that with the IBM power architecture, the NVIDIA GPUs, the Mellanox interconnect. Uh, because the whole point of Coral One was starting to get ready for these exascale systems. So we, we should be able to parlay at least one of the IBM systems forward. Uh, that, that's, that, that would be my, my assumption there. I don't know if you disagree. No, I think that's accurate. And I think, in the, especially in the case of Oak Ridge, that has long history in GPU-accelerated supercomputing, uh, I, I think the IBM uh, NVIDIA system, if, if that's what's going to be bid, is going to be a very strong contender. I, it's hard to imagine that Oak Ridge would sort of switch architectural approaches after, uh, you know, nearly nearly 10 years of being interested in in this sort of heterogeneous CPU, GPU type of platform. I mean, it's possible, but uh, with, with sort of the momentum there, I, I think that's almost a sure bet or the surest bet out of any of these systems that we're, we're thinking about. Well, that said, it's an open RFP, and there's no sure bet here. I mean, these are open bids. Any company right. can respond. And let's talk through the rest of the cast of characters. Obviously, you've got Intel out there who's behind the Aurora system going into Argonne. They can presumably also bid these systems. Cray, who is Intel's partner uh, on, on that Aurora system, uh, could also be a likely bidder on its own. And then I think another really likely one to round this out would be HPE, especially considering their purchase of SGI. You mentioned in your article uh, that they've got the machine out there. Uh, let's not forget they've also got the ultraviolet architecture. I think that HPE could really bring uh, a lot to an exascale bid here. Yeah, with their memory-centric architecture, which I think, you know, sort of the ultraviolet intellectual property will will sort of be integrated into into some of those memory centric platforms that's not a monolithic platform they're building there so that's going to uh, propagate out into into different products but certainly with uh, the intellectual properties from from SGI and you know HPE's own work on on the memory centric technologies I think they've got a a decent chance of, of of getting one of these systems. Now we should also point out that there have to be two different architectures here. Oak Ridge gets one, and then um, it's got to be different from the one that Argon ends up with. Now the it's a little complicated. The Oak Ridge and the Lawrence Livermore systems can be the same as they are 
for the pre exascale systems. Right. But the Oak Ridge system and the uh, the Argon system have to be different. So Lawrence Livermore can go either way. They could match Oak Ridge, or they could match Argon, or they could go a third way. Or they could go a third way, and then uh, Argon has to be out there and, and just make sure it doesn't. Uh, it's not going to select the same thing that Oak Ridge has. But and we so, still don't know what the Argon architecture is going to be. That hasn't right. been announced yet. Not, not really right. It's, it's uh, the Aurora systems just got the barest uh, specifications there. But I mean, we can have a pretty good idea. Intel, um, you know, they're transitioning their their Xeon Phi uh, roadmap to some degree, and I'm I'm guessing what they're going to deliver is going to be something like a many core Xeon with some version of OmniPath or some evolution of that into as the interconnect for that system. Um, I don't see quite anything else taking place there, but they haven't said anything in public about it exactly. So we don't we don't really know what that Aurora system is going to look like. Well, it, it's interesting because we can think through the different processor architectures and also the different potential interconnects from those four main vendors. And that's not to leave out other potential dark horse candidates like Dell or, or even Penguin, I think, could could bid an exascale system, but right. focusing just on these four for right now, um, you know, there's been a big emphasis on uh, obviously IBM and, and Nvidia. That's going to be the power and the GPUs. Intel is going to bid Intel processors. Cray is not beholden to necessarily uh, select Intel processors, and neither is HP. Either one of them could go with. Uh, AMD processors or even ARM processors, although with the, the Japanese initiatives, I, I, I think ARM would be an unlikely choice here, but AMD could find itself getting carried in by one of these other vendors. Yeah, and they AMD has money on some of the fast-forward technology uh, projects, so they're definitely in, in, in the mind of uh, the DOE guys, so that's a, that's a possibility. I think ARM, like you said, is a much longer shot here uh, for for a number of reasons, but uh, it's a, still a possibility. Now, how about interconnects, right? Anything that's associated with the uh, open power initiative, uh, you have to figure InfiniBand is going to be pretty dominant. Right. Intel is going to be pushing uh, OmniPath and its descendants. Cray uh, you know, could wind up with something custom that it's designed as a follow-on to Ares, but they have to iron out how much of that is Cray technology versus technology that's been purchased by Intel as part of an, an earlier deal. And then if HPE is in there, that brings up uh, the Gen Z consortium, which again would lean things a little more toward AMD. Right, right, because there's only a certain number of vendors right now supporting Gen Z on the processor side. So yeah, that becomes a little bit trickier. But yeah, the HPE is seems like it's committed to Gen Z for this its memory centric architecture as as a system interconnect. That doesn't mean they're committed to it for for any of these proposals. Um, but certainly that's a that's a strong possibility there. Well, so is Dell committed to to Gen Z. So you know, again, Dell is a dark horse candidate. Uh, you know, they could put together a bid here. Yep, they could. Yeah, I think, like you said, that's a, that's a long shot as well. But there's definitely going to be a lot of competition. There's not everybody can't win. There's only going to be two or three machines, and there's there's a, probably going to be at least four bidders and maybe more. Right, two or three machines. But then 
separate from the Aurora machine. So presumably, if Aurora stays as the first U.S. exascale system, which is not a guarantee, you know, deadlock guarantee, right. but if that's number one, then then Coral Two funds U.S. exascale machines numbers two, three, and potentially number four, uh, all in a very tight time frame. This really is is looking to reassert American excellence here in the field of supercomputing. Yeah, although with this time frame, they're likely not to be the first exascale systems we were just recently talking about. Japan, they they still might be on their 2020 timeline for uh, for the post K supercomputer, and certainly China is looking at 2020 and maybe even 2019 to push out their first exascale supercomputer, and then Europe is is probably looking at the early 2020s as well. So. Yeah, these are a lot of systems, and uh, for for the U.S., but they won't. Uh, they don't look like they're going to be the first exascale systems. But again, no, but they might be the first with three or four exascale systems. Yeah, they might uh, dominate in that sense, uh, just in sheer sheer volume of exaflops. That's that's that could be the case for sure. Yeah, get back on top in that fashion, and this is also complicated by the fact that. Uh, AI has become of, of such a, a mounting interest over the last few years and is a legitimate national concern for addressing AI and machine learning kinds of applications. What I liked about Secretary Perry's announcement most was that it incorporated that concept without giving away the idea of uh, nuclear science or general science, some of these other uh, traditional HPC fields that still have to be part of this ecosystem. Right. I mean, the DOE's, you know, bread and butter for, for HPC is still these physics simulations, but in, in the benchmarks for, um, for, for this program, they, I think they had uh, a number of data science and machine learning, uh, codes in there as well that the, uh, the vendors are going to have to address. But again, it's not a dominant part of, of the application set, but it's definitely in there. And this is not just about, uh, Filling some check boxes. The the DOE has definite things in mind on how they're going to use these these new software technologies in in their own mission and in their own workflows. Last thing, let's cover real quick is the timeline. The RFP just went out uh, this week on Monday, April 9th. Previously, there were vendor meetings at Oak Ridge two months ago in February. They have not released which vendors were at those meetings, but presumably those are going to be the shortlist vendors. Anyone can bid. It's an open RFP, but vendors have from now only about six weeks to get their responses in. The responses to the RFP are due May 24th, and then there's only about five weeks from there before the deadline of when the DOE has said they're going to respond. They expect all of these to get announced this quarter. Yeah, well, actually, I don't know if when they'll announce them. They're going to decide by this quarter, um, and then when the DOE gets around to announcing them, hopefully in the in a short time frame after they've um, made the decision. But yeah, we should we should know about these fairly soon. Um, you know, it would be nice if we knew about them while we're at the ISC conference in late June. I would like them to hit that. Yeah, I mean that's sort of the end of the quarter there at the end of June, so we might or might not uh, hit that, but uh, certainly. Shortly thereafter, they're they're gonna they would have had to make that decision, and then hopefully we'll hear about it and be able be able to report on this. It's pretty exciting. This is a lot of money, uh, a lot of top end supercomputers that are that are being uh, 
proposed here. It's going to be uh, interesting to see, you know, who gets picked and what the technologies are. It's it's an exciting time in the in the industry right now. It sure is, Michael, and we're looking forward to it. All right, so big news from the DOE. Thanks for joining me, Michael, and thanks a lot for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.